Good morning, everybody. Um, as Dave said, my name's Philippa. If you've, uh, I've not met you before, and um, I'm really excited this morning. Uh, God's really been stirring in me, um, and I want to do things slightly, slightly different this morning. I want really God's really stirred in me just a whole message on miracles, um, and I just. I really feel that God wants to do something amongst us as a people this morning in this auditorium. Um, I've asked three people who are going to help me with that. Well, you know, God the Holy Spirit, obviously. Um, but they're going to really, I, I want people to share their story this morning. So I'm going to hopefully facilitate that. And then from there, I'd like us really just to open our hearts to, to what God wants to do. Because I believe this morning, there are miracles to be released in this building for the purpose of the progression of his kingdom. You know, um, all of us, I'm sure most of us know the miraculous power of God in our lives, don't we? Um, you know, that, that song that was just playing, I asked that to, to be played um, just as the children were going out. And I don't even if you noticed it. Um, it's a song that was um, on, in the um, film Prince of Egypt. And um, on December the 16th, 1998, so a fair time ago, and remember the day well, um, I was sat um, in Hope Hospital in Manchester in the consultant's room and uh, Dave was sat in the waiting room, um, and we were expecting good news. Uh, we were expecting the consultant to say, because all along, um, the, the breast consultant, um, a really great doctor, and all along she'd said she really believed that the lump that I had was non-cancerous. And so we were, we were actually quite laid back about the whole process, um, and um, just expecting her to confirm that. And... and in the afternoon on December the 16th, it was Dave's birthday, and the consultant said to me, I'm so sorry, but that lump is cancer. And by January the 4th, I was in hospital having major surgery. Um, and, and that was a bit of a dark time for us. Um, and that, that song actually became very special because a few days after, uh, after the diagnosis, before my, before my operation, and we were both really just... Bewildered. I think that was what you would say. We were bewildered. It wasn't what we were expecting. Our children were young. And um, we went to see Prince of Egypt as a family. And, and God just it stirred both of us with that song. And from that moment on, we knew that there was a miracle for us. We knew that God had his hand on my life. We knew that there was healing there. And, and even though it, it, I went through the surgery, and it, it's this whole dilemma, isn't it, of, of God using medicine as well. But it, I went through the surgery, but even post-surgery, and the many scares and the many times that the consultant said to me, it looks like it's come back. And we stood on the word that God, God spoke to us. Um, and, and that was our miracle. And there's many other people here, haven't, aren't there, who've got miracles that very, very similar. And we're going to hear some of those in a moment. Deuteronomy 28, verse 12. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And in the message translation, it said, 
God will lavish you with good things. God will throw open the doors of his sky vaults and pour rain on your land on schedule. How amazing is that? You know, this morning I believe that God wants to lavish us here with good things. Heaven's storehouse poured out over this auditorium this morning. I believe that there's a miracle working God who wants to do miracles in our lives today for the purpose of his kingdom and for the progression of his kingdom in this city. Norman. So my first volunteer is Norman. Norman, do you mind coming up? So this is your mic, Norman. This is mine. <laughs> so first of all, Norman, how old, is it rude to ask, but how old are you? 87. Wow, wow. I look younger if I take my glasses off. Uh, 87 Norman and Norman was running around this morning just helping the stewards, putting the stuff out um, and serving us at 87. Norman, when were you diagnosed with cancer? Um, 2006. 2006, so 10 years ago. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what, what the doctors said? Well, I'd, I'd been to Bible Week and I'd been perfectly fit, no pains, nothing at all until I got back home. And then I started having pains in my chest. And my daughter said, right, we'll have you in hospital. So they sent for the ambulance. And the doctor said, well, uh, you've got lung cancer. I said, well, that's all right. How long, how long have I got to live? He said, like two to three weeks. But that was 10 years ago. In the meantime, I'd, I spoke to Dave and Richard, and they both prayed for me and anointed me with oil. And then God spoke to me, and he says, I'm going to heal you. And one of the girls on the choir wrote a word, and she says that God loves me. I thought, well, thank you, Father, for that. And then the next, we got another prophecy saying, God will heal all sicknesses. His arm is not too short to cure cancer or anything different. I thought, right, well, that's for me, so God is definitely going to heal me. And obviously he did. So I give God all the glory for everything. Like I said then at the time, I said, I've got at least another 20 years in me yet. And I still say that today. I've yeah. still got another 20 years left in me. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's only one miracle. I, I can go on for quite a while. But Philip says I'm not to do so. I'll shut up. <laughs> Thanks, Norman. That's not exactly what I said, but yeah. <laughs> you know, I could listen to Norman's story and to Norman's stories... Just, I just love hearing it. 
I can, it, we've heard it, many of us have heard it before. I could hear it a million times and I don't think I'll ever get tired of hearing what God's done in Norman's life. And I know that Norman will never ever get tired of telling what God's done in his life, of the miraculous healing power of God that he's known and is knowing in his life. And to see him, you know, two weeks, that consultant said, two weeks, huh. Yes, he had no idea, and, and we do love our doctors and the doctors who are here with us, but we love it when they get something like that so wrong because of God, yeah. Do you know, in the Bible, there are 35 miracles, I think, listed that Jesus performed. You know, Jesus as God in flesh was anointed with the person and the power of the Holy Spirit, as we are, you know, we've heard this this morning, we are as well clothed with the power of God the Holy Spirit. But Jesus was anointed and, and he went about his business. And with that power, what could he have done with that anointing? He could have moved mountains, made volcanoes explode, seas separate, whatever. He could have done whatever with that power. But what he did with that power, he chose to use that power to bring order out of chaos. He chose to reveal his power in compassion to others. He chose to use his power to heal and restore lives. He is a compassionate, um, miracle-working God, isn't he? Let's just read a few of the miracles that Jesus did. Stories like Norman's that we know so well, but stories that can stir something in us as we read them again. So let's turn to Luke chapter 8. And from verse 22. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out, and as they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon, a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water, and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke him, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. The storm stopped. And all was calm. The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man, they asked, when he gives a command, even the wind and the waves um, obey him. Verse 40. On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they'd been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, the leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, Jesus she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus said. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt the healing power go out from me. And when the woman realized that she could not stay hidden anymore, she began to tremble and fell to her knees before him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she touched him and that she had been immediately healed. 
then we move on. Um, and Jesus said, verse 50, but when Jesus heard what had happened, oh, sorry, while he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus saying, the leader of the synagogue, he told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith and she will be healed. And then turning back to chapter 7 and verse 11, Soon afterwards, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said, and he walked over to the coffin and touched it, and the bearers stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Jesus had compassion. He healed, he still storms, he raised people from the dead. He came to people who were desperate for him. Desperate people in desperate circumstances. People with no hope, no human means could help them. They turned to Jesus. What about us today? What about you this morning? Are miracles really for today? We say, yes, don't we, Zeta? Yes, was that a yes from Zeta when I said, yes, we do. They are for today. But is there more for us to see? Is there more that we can see? Roger. So Roger's my second victim. <laughs> No, volunteer, volunteer, yes. <laughs> Thanks. So, Roger. Roger has many testimonies, like Norman, um, but he's going to tell us a little bit about how he felt last October. I've been feeling very, very tired for uh, a few months, actually. It, in fact, it's been going on for a number of years. I remember... Matthew helped us to chop some trees down and I felt so exhausted I, and unwell and doing things like putting up a tent and that kind of thing or even just climbing the stairs and it was more than just a tiredness, it was I don't know that I can get to the top of the stairs kind of thing um, yeah, and it, it was really affecting my life quite badly and so you went to the doctors and... Would you the like to say doctors said, oh, fine, nothing the matter with you, but uh, we'll uh, send you for a blood test just in case. So uh, I went to see the uh, lobotomist and she, uh, before she took some blood, she thought she'd just check my, my uh, pulse and everything and, and blood pressure. And as soon as she felt my pulse, she said, you're not going anywhere, I'm sending you straight back to the GP. And I said, oh, oh right, is there something that matters? She said, well... You know, your heartbeat's all over the place. Um, so I went back to see the GP and they said I had something called atrial fibrillation, which is where the top chambers of your heart don't re really beat properly. So the lower chambers kind of beat a lot faster to compensate. Um, and I went on to the consultant. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, so I went on to the consultant and he said, oh, he says... Um, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't be a problem. A lot of people live with AF and uh, it doesn't really bother them, uh, which kind of wasn't that comforting really at the time. But they, they gave me this, this trace away for 24 hours uh, to monitor what my heart was doing. And the next time I saw him, he says, 
Well, I can see why you're feeling so well now, because you're really going for it. Because apparently my heart was really racing for periods, very, beating very, very fast. Uh, they gave me some medicine um, that didn't really do a great deal. And uh, the next thing they did was they, they, they stopped my heart and then shocked it back, uh, started again, hoping that would get it back into normal rhythm. Um, but that didn't really work either. Now, through all this, I had a, a real sense of peace about it. Um, because I know God, I know he is for me, I know that he is love. And I was asking the elders, I'd asked the elders to pray for me and other people to pray for me. And shortly after that, the operation, well, the procedure to restart my heart, we were in our connect group, and they prayed, laid hands on me and prayed for me. And I really felt I received something from God. And uh, I still didn't, I wasn't properly well, but I, I, I knew I'd received something from God. Something had changed. There, there's a power. There was. It, I can't really put it into words. Um, so I went back to see the consultant uh, again, and he says, "Oh, he says your heart's in, in normal rhythm, but your pulse rate's very, very low." I said, "Was well, that because of the drugs that I'm on?" He says, "Yes, it probably is. Yes." So. <laughs> They took me off uh, nearly all the drugs. I'm, st I'm still on some drugs, or I think they're more of a placebo than anything else, some very low doses. Um, and I have been so well. I am so well. Uh, I feel like I'm a new man. On a holiday this time, camping in Cornwall, I was up every day. I was full of energy. I was doing stuff with the kids. I'm a new man, and that's God. And, you know, and I give him the glory and, and I, th I, thank, I thank him for the many times that he has intervened in my life. I had kidney stones a year ago. They disappeared. <laughs> you know, woo! And, and sometimes I wonder, I wonder why, why me? And, <laughs> and the thought crossed my mind. There's a verse that says that he, he, he's the one who chooses the, the, the foolish things to shame the wise. And <laughs> I wonder. But, um, you know... <laughs> Right, <laughs> but but God is so good, and all those miracles that Jesus did, yeah. He did them all in a different way because it's not about uh, a technique; it's about Him. Yeah. yeah, you know, those people were healed by Peter's shadow fall, falling on them. Those people, they brought them the, the, the aprons and and for, uh, Paul, and and they were healed. It's all about Him. It's not about technique. It's about Him because He is good. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That was my message. <laughs> wow. Anyhow, <laughs> you know, God is healing today, isn't he? Miracles do happen. Miracles are happening. And we want to see more. That's the cry of our heart, is it? We want to see more. But let's not forget that the greatest miracle that there is is a miracle that each and every one of us have experienced who loves and follows Jesus, and that's the miracle of new life, isn't it? Of a relationship with God the Father that's been restored, a forgiveness of sins. Let's not ever stop recognizing that that astonishing miracle in our lives and our longing, even as we 
prayed and the way that the worship went this morning, our longing is to see more of miracles of salvation across this city. You know, we, we're singing, build your kingdom here. We're, you know, th- this is what we want. This is the cry of our heart, that this city will see the transforming love of God, that lives will be transformed, that people will come to know him. You know, we hear about it in China. We hear about it in South America. We hear about it in India. We hear about it now in Reading, England. And we say that that's what we want to see. Even as Rosie said this morning, that's what we want to see in Manchester. And that will never, ever go away from us. And as more and more as we hear about what God's doing, that stirs in us a faith to believe that this city can be transformed, not by football, but by the love of God. That people's hearts will be turned to Jesus across this city. You know, I at school, I mean, football, oh my goodness, football at the moment, yes. But, you know, on, on, on Thursday at school, um, the head, in his, I teach maths, and the head in his wisdom and generosity said, let your classes, if you want, watch the football. Great, great, my year 10s were there, keen. The whole thing was a flop, not, I mean, I know they won and all of that, well, England won, not Wales. They lost. Um, <laughs> but we're winning. Um, but the whole thing was a big flop because the, the, it, it, it was too much for the system. And you had kids wandering around the school, students wandering around the school, desperate to see the football. And, and they just, they'd go anywhere. They just wanted to see the football. And they got to the sports hall where it was seen on a little screen and they were so excited. And my cry is that they won't be desperate to see the football, that they'll be wandering around just desperate to find Jesus, that that's what we want across our schools. That's what we want across in our street, that people are desperate, desperate to find Jesus. You know, in Acts 2, we read about the 3,000 believers that were added to the church. Today's the day if you don't know Jesus, it's your day. If you're here this morning, don't let the moment pass by because there's a miracle, a huge miracle waiting for you that you can ask Jesus into your heart. What is our response to the miraculous? We've heard some amazing stories so far. We've read amazing stories. We've heard Rogers and Norman, amazing stories. You know, what is our reaction? How should we react? Should we just say, oh, yeah, I've heard that one before. Yeah, I I remember Norman saying that. Oh, yeah, Roger. Yeah, I remember him saying that. What should our reaction be? Luke 7, verse 16, what was the reaction? Great fear swept the crowd, and they praised God. Luke 8, possessed man who went through all the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done. Luke 9 verse 43, awe gripped the people as they saw a majestic display of God's power. This morning I wanted to showcase for you a couple of cases and we're going to hear another story of the majestic display of the power of God in two people's lives who are part of our family here in this in this church. You know, what should we do? Let's just, we, we need to praise God. We need to thank God. Thank you, God, that Norman is still here. We thank you, God. We thank you, God, that Roger had a great holiday down in Cornwall, that he's got renewed energy, that he feels like a, a new man. Do you know, we need to look, though, beyond the miracle and these amazing stories 
We shouldn't focus our attention just on the miracle, but those miracles point us to Jesus, don't they? Let's not value the miracle more than the miracle maker. And that's what Roger was saying. Let's praise and thank God. Miracles glorify him, don't they? You know, in Luke 17, we read about the 10 lepers, don't we? And the 10 lepers were healed. And they rushed home, nine of them. And who can blame them? They've probably been ostracized, not been with their families because they, they had this, this disease. And so they were probably desperate to get back. But there was one who just took the time and to say thank you, didn't he? Um, we need to give thanks. We need to publicly give thanks and praise God. We need to, sometimes testimonies, it's all very rushed, isn't it? Oh, amazing, amazing. But we need to give time to just praise and thank God for what he's done in these miracles. So I'd like to, to just ask Nerissa to come. So Nerissa is my third volunteer. <laughs> Um, and Nerissa has, uh, it's, it's funny actually, it's not funny, it's like, it, similar to Roger and Norman, Nerissa has many miracles that she, she could talk about, but Nerissa, I just want, in a few minutes, we just want to tell me a little bit about starting your present job. Um, so, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, um, I'm a team leader of 10, um, just driving a team and just keeping them motivated, um, but the past year, um, my manager, he's made my life hell. <laughs> um, but um, basically, I've just had to keep, you know, persevering every morning, just keep going into work and mo motivating the team. Um, you know, he's, um, it, it's just been really, really difficult. There's been times where I just don't even know how I've got through the day. And um, he's belittled me. He's done everything in his power just to you know, make my life really miserable. Um, so each morning I would pray like Ephesians 6 and um, putting the armor of, you know, my armor of God on and just going into work and I was, you know, going into a battle basically. <laughs> um, and it's been a really hard year and now he's actually been removed through me um, coming forward and speaking to people, um, you know, above him, above my area manager and five more people came forward to speak about him as well and in this time I had to keep on like just knowing that I was a, a daughter of Christ and just keep loving him even though he'd been making my life really miserable um, you know just praying for him because obviously he's not been saved so sometimes people just don't know you know um, their behaviour and things like that but you know Praise God, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> right, amazing. Thank you. Do you know, I wanted Nerissa to share that. Um, when she shared that with me, it was, the, it was the week that Dave was preaching on Gideon, if you were here that Sunday. And almost I wanted like to stop him. Well, I wouldn't have done. <laughs> but because it fitted in so well just how God intervened in her work situation. That was a miracle that, you know, a bad situation was turned around. There are miracles not just of healing to be had, but there are other miracles that I believe that God wants to release. And it, so time is going, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm quite excited, actually, having heard so much. I just want us, though, to, you know, just in, um, in Joshua, we hear that, you know, as the, 
the, um, the Israelites crossed the River Jordan and it, the, the river was dry um, and it, jo um, Joshua was leading the Israelites and the, the River Jordan dried up and he, God told him to, to build a memorial of, of 12 stones um, and these stones will stand as a memorial to what God did for the people of Israel forever. And what God really spoke to me was, was that the people of Israel didn't stay camped around that memorial. The, they, they built this memorial, they camped there, but then the next day they, or they moved on. And I think it's so, so important. You see, they moved on, and they actually moved on to take possession of the land. They moved on in victory. And I believe that the miracles we've heard, and I believe for Nerissa, for Roger, and for Norman, and for the many other miracles that, that we could talk about this morning, that we're not going to camp around those miracles. Those miracles are signs of the goodness and the favor of God, but they're to lead us on and to, to creating us a momentum for more miracles to follow, for more victories to come until we see this world transformed by the love and the power of God. So let's rem remember the miracles. Let's give thanks for the miracles, but let's honor the miracle maker. And let's not camp around the miracle, but let's move on from them. You know, I believe this morning, and we're going to have a time of ministry. I don't know if the worship team can, can come back. Um, I, I just wanted this morning for us to see some sort of miracles, the miracles that God's done for, for Nerissa in her workplace, for Roger and for Norman in their lives. So, and I want to say to you this morning, do you need a miracle of healing? Do you need a miracle of salvation, of provision? Do you know, I believe this morning that God's not here just to do major things. Because I believe that there could be situations in your life that you're just tolerating and that you're, you've just learned to put up with and you just think this is your lot. It's nothing major. Maybe it's not cancer. Maybe it's something not life-threatening, but something that you're learning to live with. And the word I would have for you this morning is God wants you to have life and life in all its fullness. You know, I say to you this morning, let faith arise. As we've heard about what God's done, let faith arise in your hearts. Let's come to Jesus right now. Let's come to him and just open our hearts to him and say, let's believe that here in this auditorium that there can be miracles. There can be miracles um, in your life this morning. That today on Father's Day 2016, on June the 19th, was the day when Jesus met you it was the day when your life was transformed by his love it was the day that he met you in provision it was the day that he restored a relationship we've already heard the word that Daniel brought about somebody with a sports injury somebody whose sons walked away from God there are situations in this room that are going to change today time has gone we've got only a very few minutes, and I just, I really just exhort you in this time as Rian's going to lead us. I want you to come out. I want you to come before God, um, not before the worship team, but before God. And I want you to come out as a desperate people to a, a miracle working father, to, to Jesus, to say to him, Here I am, 
I want you, I want to open my heart, I want you to do a miracle in my life. We, we're not going to have time to pray for everybody, but I do believe in just coming forward and just being before him, whatever it is that you want, that, that he will meet all needs. I believe that there will be miracles released across this auditorium and it's for the furtherment of his gospel, isn't it? Amen? Amen. So if, if Rian can lead us and if... if don't, don't hesitate. Be a desperate people in search of your miracle this morning. Amen.